ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Katarina Prim and Skulk Barnard from PwC Family Business Consulting. Katarina is an international expert who specializes in owner strategy consulting for business families. Together with her international PwC team, Katarina consults to renowned multi-generational family businesses in Europe and here in Africa. She's also a 15th generation member of the Prim family, one of the oldest entrepreneurial dynasties in the world. For her contributions to the family business, Katarina was honored with the top family business rising star award at the European Families in Business Awards 2015. Katarina is joined by Skuld Barnard, leader of the PwC Africa Family Business and the Africa Family Business Center of Excellence. With over 20 years experience working as a trusted business advisor to high net worth individuals and various large entities, Skulk brings a wealth of knowledge to his family business clients. Today, Katarina and Skulk will be focusing on conflict and leadership in the family. Thank you, Standard Bank, for inviting us to be part of your family office series. My name is Skulk Barnard. I'm the PwC Africa Family Business Leader, and I'm joined today by Katerina Prim, who is from our Family Business Center of Excellence. We'll talk about conflict management and conflict management in the context of family business and leadership in the context of family business. So let's start off straight away, Katerina and um, talk about what is conflict and why is conflict so important uh, to discuss in the context of family business. Thank you. It's a pleasure uh, to be here with you and to discuss that. Um, why is it so important? It's important because um, for family businesses, uh, business success can't make up for family failure. So we all know there are certain advantages and disadvantages that you have that are linked to the ownership structure of a family owning a business. And some of the advantages are the values that the family has, the loyalty between the employees and the continuity that the family brings um, uh, into the business. But um, there are also obviously some risks linked to that structure. And those are the lessening of the family cohesion over, you know, over time. Um, limited access to capital and one of the big risk factors really are, are conflicts in the family and and conflicts um, are you know can be easily described as just an interaction between more than two people where one of those two people is um, experiencing a dif difficulty and um, so it comes to a, a problem in communication there is a um, there is a, a sociologist, an Austrian sociologist, that defined um, nine levels in three stages of conflict escalation that um, uh, look at you know, conflicts, how they actually can become uh, more and more volatile through, you know, through the process of time. And um, the first stages are, you know, stages where the first three stages are stages where you can um, still come out of the conflict with win-win situations for all the parties involved. Um, the fourth through the sixth stage is then moving, you know, from debate and tension to, to threat strategies and to uh, loss, um, you know, loss of face. Um, and uh, those usually create um, 
uh, win and lose situations for the participants. And then you have the last three stages where you usually have only lose-lose situations between the participants of the conflict. And it's so, uh, what is so amazingly interesting about conflicts is in family business is that you, when you look from the outside, it, it looks like, you know, they, the family members discuss facts or, or factual issues like um, the amount of dividends being paid or the admission into management of the company or the compensation uh, in a leadership role or how they exercise control. And all those things are actually, you know, factual governance um, issues that um, supposedly are the reason for the conflict, but our experience actually shows that underlying um, those factual uh, sphere, there is um, actually another layer where families actually discuss um, money, power and love and the distribution of money, power and love when they when they actually have a conflict. One thing that you have to do when you have conflicts in a family is you have to look beyond um, the the communication, what is being said and understand the layers beyond that um, of, you know, money, power and love um, as factors of, of family members um, yeah, having a dispute. Yes, Katarina, and, and you know, I guess one can almost refer to it as the Bermuda tri Triangle in, in family business. One sees on the face of it, you know, everybody is getting along and when you talk about the facts, you know, everything seems to be you know, in order, but as soon as you scratch um, you know, on the surface and just beyond that surface, you know, you'll see that there's you know, conflict that sits there or unhappiness and you know, some unhappiness that, that has been carried over from, from many generations. But I guess the question is, if, if we observe these conflicts you know, within family businesses, you know, how do you actually about solving it? Or I mean, there are actually three ways to solve conflicts. There's power, there's the law, and there's consensus. So um, if you look at power, uh, you can resolve a conflict with violence uh, based on attack, uh, defense, and flight. Um, for law, um, you can use obviously the, the procedural law, the legal system, to solve the dispute, you know, regard, you know, in regard to the jurisdiction or the nation um, that the dispute is located in, and what we actually use the third, the third option is consensus. So obviously, uh, consensus is based on the idea that um, uh, conflict parties are the best experts to solve their problems, based on cooperation and sharing perspectives and understanding, and from a cultural and economical perspective. Um, that is the sustainable approach. And um, sometimes it's you know, uh, an option to involve a third party in that process because if you bring in a mediator, the, you know, a third party usually has it easier to, to reframe the, the, the structure of the conflict and what the conflict is about than the involved parties. But um, business, family, uh, business families are you know, um, phenomenal in uh, developing uh, solution structures uh, for themselves. Um, one thing that I find is always very interesting about conflicts is um, you would think that it shows that a relationship is negative or bad in a way. Um, when, you, when you look at it from a structural perspective, um, conflicts actually have a function and they function as a binding force. So a conflict actually intensifies 
and does not, you know, does not weaken it. So if you want to weaken a relationship, you actually get up, up and walk outside of, you know, walk out of the room. Um, but the fight conflict actually has is an intensifying of the relationship. Something that we usually, you know, look at when we discuss conflicts with families. Yeah, and Katrina, that's that's so important that your know, families do see it in that context. But yeah, as as our research has shown, it's you know only a third of uh, family businesses make it to the next generation. And whilst there are many factors that lead to that demise of the family business, the conflict is certainly one of the one of the factors. And if not appropriately managed, um, then obviously it will result in, in an unfavorable outcome. But you know, what can family businesses do you know, and how can they manage this challenge and manage their complex? You know, what advice you know, do you have for, for family businesses in this regard? Um, well, the, the interesting thing about family businesses is that, um, that conflicts are predictable and therefore also preventable. Um, they do not surprisingly uh, emerge out of nowhere. Um, they actually feed on um, irresponsible ownership, on ill-prepared successions, on insufficient uh, corporate governance structures. So they, there is usually a history to every conflict. And um, what, we, what we can do with families is we can use a model that we call the 3D model, where you can plot um, basically every family business um, in the stage of development that it is at. So, you know, every stage from the one founder to the sibling partnership um, over the cousin consortium to the family dynasty. And really, um, in regard to what stage that family business is in, you can uh, say what are the challenges, what are the conflicts that are going arise in that structure. And so you have a way to, number one, um, look at the today's structures of structure of the family business and say that, um, you know, look at the challenges they have today. But you can also look at how will the business develop in the next decade or two decades, and then you can predict the challenges and the conflicts that are going to come up. So what's important for business families to understand is um, that, you know, it's it's not that the business is uh, the, the, the fact base and the, the family is emotional and you can't, you know, you can't predict what is happening on the emotional side. You can very well predict what is happening on the emotional side. There are behavioral patterns to family systems and especially family systems that are linked to, to a business and that follow, you know, certain schemes. And um, with, with, you know, with the re research we've been doing and the, the um, experience we have in consulting, we can actually look at a family business and discuss with them, you know, the challenges that are, that are coming up uh, and that they need to look for. And uh, in the end, that really, um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the dimension of management. That is the job of, of leadership. Yeah, it's a leadership task to, to um, have an awareness to see, um, uh, you know, where, where is the dissonance? Where is something not aligned? Uh, in a way, conflicts can be like a compass. Uh, they can show us, you know, where we have to look in order to further develop uh, our family business. Well, that's an interesting uh, analogy, you know, that the conflict uh, you know, can be like a, a compass. 
But before I go there, I just want to touch on you know, one thing you mentioned: conflicts can arise or, or, or um, can cause conflict, and that is uh, your know, lack of planning for succession. And in that context, you know, what we see with families, you know, where they've planned it very well, and the succession plan is something that has been discussed and is transparent with the rest of the family, you know, it's less likely that there will be big conflict. But what is your view on that in relation to succession? I mean, where have you seen um, you know, ill-planned succession leading to conflicts? Um, or you know, can you also give some advice around um, you know, what would be a good succession plan that would in the end result in there not being conflict? Well, you know, in a way, um, since business families have such a long-term view, um, in a way, you can say you're always in some state of of succession, yeah, either an early state or right in the you know right in the phase where where power you know is is passed on. But in a way, you can always you know look at a family business as being in some state of succession. And and the big challenge here is that uh, people don't talk enough. So actually, at the end of the day, usually you know, um, conflicts arise through a lack of communication. And um, what what usually helps is that you that you look at your strategy as, as at your owner strategy and look at the different elements that that come into play in the business and and define a joint um, a joint strategy for those. So who 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 are the stakeholders define you know define who are the stakeholders of the business like are those all family members or only some family members who can um, actually work in the business what are the goals and the values of the family what does the business model look like um you know um, how how do we earn money what do we do with that money how do we treat our employees how do we um, invest into the future um how do we set up our corporate governance structure uh, who sits on the board what are the what are the um, uh, you know, different um, uh, layers of between the board and uh, the operations, um, like all the aspects that come into um, corporate governance and family governance. Then on the other side, what do we do? Um, so we actually foster family cohesion, um, you know, the once a year, and and you know, plan activities together. So there is there's really a, 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 a a couple of things that you can strategically discuss and once you have a, a joint uh, and united understanding of that strategy um, uh, it becomes a lot easier to to follow a succession plan and to also design a succession plan in the first place um, without you know moving into conflicts that you weren't aware of before no, Katrina, you talk about um, you know, succession planning, and I know you have spent you know, a lot of time um, here in South Africa and, and also across Africa now being based in Germany, you have the opportunity to work with you know, families and, and business families you know, in, in Europe. Um, is there a difference between issues that you know, family businesses or organizations are experiencing where you are now and those families that you work with you know, compared to those in Africa and South with you know, in the years that you spent here? Or are you seeing that you know the issues are 
actually exactly the same. Perhaps just the way it's being addressed might be different. No, it's actually um, uh, it's actually um, fascinating how similar family businesses function all over the world. So patterns that we see in family businesses are totally culture agnostic. Of course, there are different cultural settings that that we need to acknowledge when 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 we when we you know work as a business family and when we work with business families. Um, but those are usually um, the type of answers that you know that you give to a certain question. The type of question, though, so the challenge, the set of challenges, is very similar um, in between cultures. It's very similar with a family that I would work with in Ghana uh, to a family uh, in South Africa or a family I work with in Germany. Uh, and, and yeah, it is it is quite interesting to see. I mean, as you say, the issues are. Are, uh, are culturally agnostic, but of course, you know, you know, as we know, especially in Africa, with many different cultures across the continent, mm -hmm. and the way it's been addressed um, in terms of setting up a family constitution, uh, or who gets involved in the family, or on the board of directors, etc., you may be different. Yeah, I mean, discussing discussing a united owner strategy that's that's you know being usually document documented in the family constitution what you were referring to, but I didn't have anything uh, further to add to that. Sure, thanks. So you you mentioned earlier on your conflict can be used as a compass. So if that is the case, you know, does it mean that business families can use conflicts as a transformation accelerator? Because, you know, usually um, what you see in economics in general is that when times are good and everything runs very, you know, very smoothly, people sometimes get a bit lazy and um, they, you know, their awareness kind of narrows down. What a conflict does is it um, opens up your view. It, um, it, it, is, it is a compass. It shows you. Um, to a spot um, in the system where there is something not aligned, where there is a dissonance, where something is not clear, and um, it—I think it is the crucial or the, yeah, the crucial leadership role to lead um, a group, then um, to you know to to bring them to the to one table, to um, align different interests, um, uh, to bring those out into the open at first. And, and make it a subject of debate and then develop a solution. So um, uh, I think um, it is a role of the leadership really to, to look out for conflicts and use those as, a, as an accelerator for, for transformation. I guess um, there's a very famous uh, uh, saying that Winston Churchill said once, you never waste a good crisis. And we've seen that now you know, through the COVID-19 pandemic and you know, how, how the world, how family businesses and other organizations have you know, used it you know, as an opportunity to transform, and I think very similar to conflict within, within a, in, in a family business. And I guess it's inevitable that conflict will arise, but it is, you know, how do you deal with that conflict? And you know, if it is preventable that uh, you rather put those processes and uh, a governance in place in the form of a constitution you know, or succession plan, planning, etc., you know, to prevent any of those type of conflicts. Um, I guess also as with any conflict, you know, don't sweep it under the carpet, and especially in a family 
you know, system is bring it out on the table and address those conflicts, you know, head on. And you know, if it's very sensitive, you know, involve a third party you know, to assist you know, in, in resolving those conflicts within the families. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, um, about it's not possible to avoid conflicts. It's such a it's such a mantra that we hear as business families, you know, that you have to avoid conflicts. The reality is that you can't. Um, and it really um, comes down to the competencies that you develop as a business family and as a family business um, to to tackle those conflicts. Um, it's it can be a competency, you know, to to take somebody else's perspective, um, to switch between four, five, six perspectives around the table, and um, uh, it's a competency that family businesses can learn and um, that they can use. Um, uh, in in um, yeah in managing themselves and actually being you know um, fit for the future. And um, Katrina, have you seen examples of where conflict management is written into a constitution, you know, where there's a formal process in place that the family agrees on? You know what the family would do. You know, should conflict arise, and I guess it also depends on the level of the conflict and, you know, when there's no, no resolution. Have you seen any examples of that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say of every family that, that I've come across over the past 20 years that I've worked with, um, they put conflict resolution mechanisms into their strategy into their family constitution absolutely um uh, i'm currently working with a family um that is in the fourth and the fifth generation in southern germany and they have been having a conflict for 30 years uh, between three siblings two brothers and a sister and um, they have not been talking to each other about that conflict and uh, one of the main objectives of that process was uh, number one to bring all the parties to the table but uh, number two to um, unite the fifth generation and and give them uh, rules and regulations and and um, yeah, uh, mechanisms that they can use so that it doesn't happen again for for them in their generation, um, that they you know are not able to voice uh, the, the the underlying issue. And so yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah, and I guess you know it's 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 great in that example that you've used that you know that generation is learning from what have happened you know, in the past, and it's something that they do not want to continue. You know within within the next generation and the legacy that they leave for future generations. So thank you very much for, you know, for your insights. Um, we, we have run um, um, out of time. I guess maybe if I ask you, you know, maybe two points or two points of advice you would leave with our, with, with, with our audience you know, today in relation to conflict. You know, what are the things that families should focus on or what they can do to avoid or prevent conflict? Um, I mean, um, I would put it down into a nutshell saying conflicts are um, predictable and preventable. Um, 
please look at your family business and business family from a structural perspective. Um, then you can look at how that family is going to develop, how that business is going to develop, and you can tackle the conflicts that are going to come up. And if conflicts come up, which will happen, use them as a compass for the leadership of the company um, to, to guide everyone through um, discussing that topic and not avoiding it, you know. So don't make the topic a taboo, but use it as a, as a compass and and uh, uh, bring it into the conversation, bring it into the open, and uh, make it subject to debate and develop a solution. Fantastic, Katarina. And you know, I, I think that's that's also the key the key thing for me is do not avoid the conflict, but use it as a catalyst for change or compass, as you refer to it. Um, and address it, you know, head on, obviously, with you know, the sensitivity and respect that it deserves, but do not sweep it under the carpet. You know, otherwise, that will remain there for generations to come. So thank you very much for your time, yes. Katarina. Thank you very much for, thank you, um, for, for the audience listening to us today. I hope you have found it um, useful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chuck. Thank you for your thought-provoking discussion, Katarina and Skulk. That brings us to the end of this video series in our Phenomenal Family series. And thank you for joining us. Don't miss our next session, where a specially convened panel from Melville Douglas will be discussing investment strategies in the current environment. Goodbye. Until then. <laughs>